Welcome to We Used to Be the Smart Kids. Yep. Where we feel dirty and smart. Mm -hmm. So it makes it okay. As long as you're thinking critically, it's fine. You can watch whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) I am Eric. I'm Carolyn. So the premise of this podcast is just that we, we want to talk about rabbit holes that our brains like. So mm-hmm. there we go. We look at media way too carefully, and that's probably going to be the topic of a lot of things. Why don't we just go ahead and dive in? Today, we are talking about pinky violence films. It's a weird Japanese subgenre I stumbled across about two years ago and have not been able to get out of my head. It evolved from Japanese pink films, which are basically softcore pornography. They came from this whole genre called roman porno, romance porno movies in the 60s, and then slightly evolved in the 70s to the Pinky Violence films we're going to be discussing. There weren't a lot of limitations or restrictions on the people making these films. As long as they had naked breasts every 10 or 15 minutes, they could make whatever movie they wanted. That led to some interesting, I think, creations along the way. I have made Carolyn sit down and watch one of these movies. Meanwhile, I've dived into a bunch of them. And... Yeah, I kind of want to get your impressions before I go any further and say why I really fixated on this genre. It's a terrible genre. Carolyn's going to hate me forever for making her watch these, but there's this something weird about these that just made it stick in my head. I mean, now that I know that they had to have a pornographic scene every 10 to 15 minutes, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) Because it literally, the whole film is like... Plot, 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 naked. I wouldn't even necessarily call it plot. I would just be like, naked, plateau. Naked, plateau. It's like edging. Yeah. And it was really confusing to watch because I didn't know that. So I was like, why are we getting interrupted by sex scenes? Are we getting interrupted by fake story? Which, (laughs) what am I supposed to be here for? Mm Mm-hmm. 10 minutes and I was like, is this porn? Did he just <laughs> did he just send me porn? I, I didn't know if I should be puking or getting turned on the entire time. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. That's kind of the fascination with me. Probably should have made this more clear, but pinky violence is different from other softcore pornography because it focuses on violence to and from women. It focuses a lot on the girl gangs that were a big thing in the time in Japan. Maybe it was just a moral panic and not really a thing. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, they like to take the idea of these girl gangs and these violent women and contrast them with regular Japanese society and creates what we watched. The thing that really drew me into these movies is it has almost a feminist bent. Like you can see proto-feminism growing in there. It's taking the concept, the subject matter of these naked girls and giving them more agency than they'd seen previously. But with the girls given agency, it's an explicit condemnation of the people watching the movie. The people watching the movie, the viewers, the ones who are getting off on this, are the villains in the piece in a lot of these. The perverted vice principal, the police force, the the villains, the, the enemies, the people who are holding these girls down are caricatures of the people who are actually watching the movie. It's saying, hey, you're turned on by this. You're these fuckwads. We're rooting for the girls right now. So we're going to keep showing you this, but... Yeah, you're kind of sick, dude. So one of the things I noticed that I liked, although we're going to use that word very tentatively, is that it starts with you're definitely exploiting girls. Girls are exploiting girls. But as the film goes on, the men are put in more and more compromising positions until at the very end, the journalist is just like basically turned into a buffoon. Oh, yeah. The male protagonists in these films are tertiary at best. This is a film about women. 
Can we, um, when you say it comes from pink films? Yes. What does that mean? It's basically the genre of Japanese softcore pornography. Okay, so we went from softcore pornography to hard, violent pornography? Like, yes. So it was porn. It, it... You sent me porn. <laughs> Under the guise of media analysis, you sent me 1970s porn with no warning. Uh, accurate. Um, it's analogous to like the sexploitation movies of the 70s in the U.S., uh, only very much weirder. And the 70s movies in the U.S. were weird on their own. Hello, Russ Meyer. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those for no. probably very good reason. Yeah, it's a very strange part of film history. It was right before porn chic had its day where it became fashionable to watch porn. So you had these so things throat? that go right up to the edge. Yes, deep throat and all that fun stuff. Porn chic? Porn chic. It was shown okay. in theaters. You could take have couples go to it for, oh, about five minutes before everyone was like, no, this is actually creepy. We're going to stop doing this now and pretend it never happened. Did they think it was creepy or did the prudes just get the power? Little from column A, little from column B. Yeah. So yeah, this is from that period right before that hit. So people were pushing boundaries and pushing boundaries with what they could get away with in these, what could still be qualified as films with plot, well, barely plot, you know what I'm saying, and still <laughs> having uh, tits and ass and whatever else weird fetish they wanted to explore that day. All right. So the movie I had Carolyn watch was Terrifying Girls High School Lynch Law Classroom. I picked this movie because it covered such a broad range of what the pinky violence films of the era were. It had a very strong BDSM element, which is not present in all the films, but is an underlying current in them. It had girls taking power back from men and the ultimate futility of trying to take the man down. Those are pretty much the themes I wanted to explore. There's a couple subgenres in pinky violence. There's the women in prison, there's the girl gang in the street, and there's high school. And this one covered almost all of them. Mm -hmm. And then... Like I said, the BDSM elements aren't everywhere, but in this one, they were very extreme and in your face. I am very curious how you took the opening scene of this. So to clarify, the opening scene is a girl getting tortured in a science lab in a school and getting told her blood is being drained. And when it fills a certain bottle, she'll die. But it's just girls pushing red liquid into the bottle to make her think she's going to die until she breaks free and half pushes, half gets shoved off a roof and dies. And that's the impetus of the film. Well, I completely missed that the girls were pushing the red liquid into the bottle. I was like, <laughs> why do we keep flashing to the syringe? <laughs> these movies, the first time you watch them, when I started watching them two years ago, these are movies you kind of half watch and half look away from because you're not quite sure how you're supposed to be feeling in every moment. So if you miss details, I'm not going to call you stupid or anything like that. I don't, I have no, how, how do you respond to a hardcore well, it's not really hardcore. How do you respond to a BDSM Japanese 1970s scene when you don't actually know that's what you're walking into? <laughs> I think my whole response was like, oh, is this why Asian porn is so weird? Because they started in the 70s, which is very... No. Uh, side topic there. The reason Asian porn is so weird is almost directly related to World War II and capitalism. What? <laughs> <laughs> so back in the 1800s, I mean, pre-World War II, when Western Western people started coming to Japan, there were these woodcuts that was traditional Japanese art that showed really freaky sex. People being penetrated by masks, octopus fucking, all that fun stuff. But when Western people came in, they're like, um, my dude, that's a little weird. And the Japanese were like, holy shit, these guys have money. We can't weird them out. No more woodcuts, guys. Knock that shit off. We're going to make that law so we can make some money. 
Mm-hmm. And then World War II came around. America won, spoiler warning. <clears throat> when they came to help, air quotes are very strong on that one, help create the Japanese constitution, they wanted to put in a bunch of freedom of speech clauses, but they left the obscenity stuff in there because 40s, 50s American culture was like, we're not dealing with that nonsense. Penises and vages are illegal. You can't look at them. That has stayed in law through Japan up until the present day. You cannot show directly penises or vaginas in anything. So to compensate, Japanese went fucking weird. But we can't show this, so we're going to go over here to make it sexy without showing that. Yeah, you have to build erotic tension some other way. Or throw tentacles in, because tentacles are not penises. So that is one thing that I noticed about the opening scene was how her powerlessness was eroticized in this like really fun <laughs> way. <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> but like the the blood filling the flask created this like bizarre countdown. It's a well put together porn scene, basically. A lot of what drew people to these pinky violence films is the freedom they had. They could create these shots that they wouldn't have the budget or time to do anywhere else because, well, it's honestly not that hard to shoot naked ladies. So in the meantime, you can figure out, hey, I'm going to shoot the scene this way to create dramatic tension to help build the fear, the anxiety in my audience. So is that the game to create eroticism out of fear and anxiety and discomfort? In a lot of cases, yeah. And again, explicitly condemning the men who get off on seeing the women hurt like that in that situation. It's an uncomfortable thing to watch, this scene. And it's played for horniness. It is. It's like deeply uncomfortable to watch it because I think there's a lot of shots of the woman's face, but not really in an erotic way. Yeah. Like it looks like she's terrified and in pain and all the other women are like masked if i remember right Mm -hmm. so she's the only like person in the scene but it doesn't feel like while you're kind of getting weirdly turned on it also feels incriminating Mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain this it's just it's very visceral and very uncomfortable yeah and that's how you open the film that's how you introduce hey this is what this film's gonna be it's gonna be weird and uncomfortable you may get turned on but you're kind of a dick if you do i was really worried that they were gonna play the escalation game with that scene no that was (laughs) and i spent the entire time kind of looking away from the screen like oh god it's coming but it was (laughs) something's coming but it was nice that they did not do that yeah no it was hey this is as far as we're going here's the high watermark except for the actual rape later but we'll get into that i suppose and after that little intro little cold open we get introduced to our main characters who are quote unquote strong female characters they're these stereotypes basically played by some of the more famous actors in the pinky violence films this is bringing some of the more recognized faces together in one film Uh, I can't pronounce their names, so I'm not going to try because it'll just be embarrassing. But just know these are the girls that showed up over and over again in this little five-year genre. And know that it's kind of cool that they're all together for once. What happened to them? They rode their fame for a while. They're just weird, tiny cultural icons. Okay. So they're going to show up in... The pink genre is still going strong, so they're going to show up in cameos over the years saying, Hey, it's that girl. She's going to do something badass, then leave. Why did this genre end? It didn't end, per se, as just get overwhelmed by crap. There was a lot of imitation in this five years. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this and then that. Hey, that's a really cool idea. I'm going to take that idea for a story and then throw this little spin on it. And then so on and so forth until the idea just became so diluted that people were like, no, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to see another girl gang have another fight in the city. I'm so sick of watching women 
women's blood be drained. Yeah. I don't need to come to that anymore. I'm done. God, where was I? Oh, yeah. Strong female characters. Um, they come in and they're just badasses right off the bat. They're using their strength, their ballsiness, or their sexuality to get what they want. I'm not going to say without consequence, but to show that they know what they're doing. They've done this before and they're going to cut a bitch if you try and get a little closer to them. I don't know. That builds a lot more connection with the audience than the whole sex thing does previously at least in my case no i think you're totally right so it opens with this like really traumatizing sexy scene and then you basically immediately get introduced to these like bad bitches who i'm trying to remember their introductions right now because i think they all involve men in some way yeah there's the one girl who's getting a ride and she's like i think she's hitchhiking and the driver Mm -hmm. says that he wants to ride her when they get to her destination so she gives him a hand job until he gets into a car accident yeah and she doesn't stop when it's clear he's going to get into a car accident no this is what you want to do you're getting a hand job and you're going to die for it yeah he's like punished for his desire and that's again exploring the theses of these films that hey men's desire for this nonsense is going to get you fucked up in all sorts of different ways. The other girl gets in a fight with Yakuza and attacks them with a razor blade until the cops show up and break up the fight. And she's holding her own until then to show just how badass she is. Right. And then the other one... The main character tries to steal a car. and In, in gets... the most docile way possible, though. Yeah. The she's... owner of the car just walks up like, will you please get out of my car? She's like, no. <laughs> And he's like, please, get out of my car. And she's like, no. And then she knees him in the balls. Yeah. As you do. And then the cops show up and they all get arrested and taken to this school that they're going to be exploited by until they burn it to the ground. Again, spoiler alert. World War II and the end of this film, we're going to spoil it all here. (laughs) Was the school a disciplinarian school? Or was it just a school? No, it was just a school. Sounding like a broken record here, but it was a school set up by a man to exploit women. They open with, hey, this school is about creating future wives and mothers for Japan to make us strong. They spend the whole film fighting against that. It's very ham-handed, but I appreciate it because, yeah, proto-feminism. It's kind of rare to see in that era. To explicitly say, no, we don't need to be wives and mothers. We're going to fuck some shit up. So they get to the school and they're informed that, hey, you're low man on the totem pole. Here's the disciplinary committee. They're made up of girls who kowtow to the man and get more power through that instead of through their own actions. They're modeled after Nazis, right? Yes. Oh, God, very much so. They've got the armbands. They've got the, yeah. They're like hall monitors on speed. It's... Hall monitors on sadism. Yeah. And the girls immediately get band together and form a gang with some other juvenile delinquents who are there who just show up out of nowhere. It's fine. And we learn the main character, the one who tried to steal a car, is there because the girl in the cold open was her lieutenant in her girl gang. But there are very strong lesbian vibes coming from that. She's there to avenge her best friend who died in that opening scene. And she's like, no, we had the same jewelry. We were sworn to each other. Now I'm here to find out what happened. And to do that, I will have sex on a toilet. No, that was the other girl. Well, crumb. <laughs> that was the handjob girl who swings both ways and it's made implicit in the opening when she's assaulted by the disciplinary committee in the bath, which is tits and ass every 15 minutes and it gets to some weird ass situations. So we go from um, the disciplinary, we meet the disciplinary committee and the girl gang, let's just split them. Yeah. That. And then the disciplinary committee 
assaults the girl gang in the bath in the shower we find Mm -hmm. out they're lesbians and then i think toilet sex but i could just be jumping (laughs) to the toilet sex no after the girls form their gang the bisexual member realizes that hey someone on the disciplinary committee is a secret lesbian I'm going to seduce them and figure out what the fuck happened to my friend's friend. And she does so in detail on the toilet, which, sure, why not? But that is... Look, no, we can't skip over the toilet because we just can't. Because I had to watch that, so everyone needs to hear about it. Like, All right, so bisexual girl gang member picks the lock on the toilet while the girl's there, sits in her lap, and just starts grinding into her and fingering her. And it's like... And the girl did not wipe or use a bidet or anything. <laughs> we're just like, we're... I don't know if we're full on scat, but we could be we're something and i mean maybe you're into that but also maybe it's just another way to make people feel horrified or maybe they're just like toilets are like seats with holes so there is easy <laughs> access she's she has her pants down obviously sexy that's that's how the mind blows <laughs> that's how i feel when i'm peeing i wish someone would just break in here and do me Ew. and the weird thing is this is the most consensual sex scene in the movie oh yeah and this is the most weirdly loving sex scene in the film i can't say i'm an expert on lesbian cinema in the 70s but that also feels like a weird watershed moment i want to meet an expert on lesbian cinema in the 70s really badly now (laughs) but they're not demonized for being lesbians which i was not expecting the first time i watched it are they eroticized for being lesbians obviously yes but i mean is that it like you know how there are lesbian sex scenes that are shot for the viewer and mm-hmm. then there are like scenes of lesbians having sex yeah and i feel like maybe because i was distracted by the location this one kind of straddled huh, the line <laughs> yeah this was how you would have sex in that situation it wasn't hey turn this way and cheat your legs so you can see this this and this it was oh my god this is awkward and you're just gonna be crammed in there and do what comes naturally yeah and again That's different from the lesbian scenes we saw later on in the 80s and 90s where it's like, check it out, two ladies making out. Mm -hmm. And this one actually had plot relevance, weirdly enough. Anyway, they discover that, oh shit, the disciplinary committee was responsible for all this. And we learn the disciplinary committee has been paid off by the vice principal, who is our big villain here. He's the one calling down the thunder on all the girls because he wants to move up in the world in politics he's paid them off and he sleeps with one of them and he's just like this is the gross guy that you want to be viewer do you get that don't be this guy it's the patriarchy keeping everyone down using a subset of women to keep the rest of the ladies down well could you give me the scene before you give me the analysis please so the disciplinary committee meets in the vice principal's office they're like okay this is basically a student council meeting but at the end Here's some envelopes with some scholarship money. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Your money's a little short this time because we had to cover up the murder you did. We just got too into our role playing. We did some murdering. Just a little light murdering. It's fine. It's fine. The cops are in our pocket, but they like a little kickback. It was an accident. Slash yeah. a suicide. Slash, meh. Yeah, we got it ruled as a suicide. You're fine, but you can't have too many drinks at the bar this month. And then the lead disciplinary committee members follows the vice principal and he's like hey i can't live off this shit and he's like okay let's make out i got a little extra for you during this we also learn that the vice principal is engaged to a poor little rich girl who is deeply in love with him and he's using for her money and her connections so men just use men use all the fucking time and the women who let them use are complicit in their crimes even though they are victims as well. It's a weird dichotomy that I 
can't quite figure out how they were trying to thread that needle. I don't think they really were threading that needle. I think that they were just like women who help men are shitty. Because I, I wasn't the woman who married the vice principal and she ended up being punished in the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was strung up by the revolutionaries. Yeah, there's not really a lot of sympathy for her. Yeah. Uh, movie goes on. Fights ensue. Uh, we get another big name in the genre showing up and challenging the lead bad girl to a duel, Yakuza style, because Yakuza reasons. And we get back to, hey, we're all females together against the men. Yeah, I'll fight you later. But in the meantime, I got some shit to do to take down the man. You cool with that? Yep. Yeah, um, I'm cool with that as long as you jump this motorcycle over those barrels. Do that sick jump and we're totally copacetic. And she does and it's fairly badass. I didn't watch that part. You didn't watch the motorcycle jump. There are no boobs. <laughs> so I just, no, nah, checked out. <laughs> yeah, and they end up meeting the male lead who is somewhat sympathetic but really a scumbag. He's there casing the joint trying to find some blackmail material on the vice principal and the politician who funds the school. He helps the girls for his own reasons and he's like, yeah, this is fucked up, but I'm trying to get 50 million yen out of that guy. So let's do this. He's just so ineffectual. This is not a character you aspire to be. There is no truly sympathetic male character in this entire genre of films. And that's... But I think that um, you're jumping ahead of yourself. Yeah. Because the journalist who's the male lead isn't shown as unsympathetic immediately. He's shown as pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. He's very suave, slipping the hostess of the bar where the girls drink some money. It's like, hey, keep me in the loop on this shit. His introduction is even like the kind of power over a woman that... How to say this? So when he's first introduced to the film, a woman is lighting a cigarette with a match, technically a high school girl, mm -hmm. and off screen you don't see the person they like bat the match away from her cigarette or they blow it out or something and then they give her a lighter and that's the journalist guy yeah so it's like that kind of power dynamic where like the guy is like rewarded for being in power and having that mm -hmm. kind of control over women is like what this sort of porn is built around but like the story dismantles that. Yes. No, it's basically saying, hey, this other shit where girls are getting raped, obviously socially unacceptable. But here's a socially acceptable version of that. And it's still kind of scummy, dudes. It's not, but it's not scummy right away. No, it's not read as scummy right away, but it's the same sort of, no, you don't have agency here. I'm just going to take your cigarette, give you one of mine, take your match, light yours. Right. And now you give me what I want. But I feel like that is the art form of these films. It's yeah. like that slow dismantling of the journalist character because he, it doesn't happen right away. He comes in suave. He comes in cool. He comes in like, oh, this is going to be the real lead of the film. Forget those girls over there. Right. This guy's going to yeah. save everything. Yeah, you can wank to this now. It's yeah. okay. Get off. You've got to insert character you can use. He's going to do something sexy and make this all okay. Uh, they have him approach the main female cast and they're like, okay, guys, I'm going to help you because I'm a man and I know how to do this shit. And they're like, no, fuck off. I don't think that even happens right away, though, because he does help them. He does help them. He just, at first, so that he is the reason I didn't quite follow this, like, plot in quotation marks. But somehow we go from the bar to random plot stuff happens that I completely zoned out. And then we end up with the politicians who they're going to blackmail. Mm -hmm. So they want to photograph them in compromising positions. So they bring the politicians to the school, but I don't think that the politicians know that it's a school. And they no, they're being told they're being taken to an orgy in an undisclosed location. They've got to wear blindfolds to get there. 
Yeah, and then they walk into this, like, room that's lit by a candle, and it has, like, red drapes, and there are girls who have masks on in school uniforms, and the the politicians just lose their... Goddamn minds. And uh, pants. Over the school girls. Uniforms. Over the uniforms. They just keep screaming, the uniforms, the uniforms. Girls in uniforms. Hey, audience, you're sick because you like the same thing. Right, yes. And then they like ravish the girls who do not respond in any no. way. They are they are less than mannequins. They're just yes. sort of sitting there with their <laughs> heads back while these men like paw at them. Yeah. It's a very weird scene because it's like supposed to be sexy, but there's nothing sexy about it unless you want to have sex with a a real doll, yeah. Yeah, I think a real doll might be more receptive <laughs> and responsive than, than the girls in the scene. And then the curtains drop and you go from like what would be romantic lighting with the candle to basically the fluorescence of a classroom. And then mm-hmm. the journalist is there and he's taking pictures of all the men and he's like, Totally ridiculous compromising positions. Yeah, and hey, this is the context. If you put it in a sexual fantasy, yeah, okay, you're getting off on this. But as soon as it comes to reality, you're, Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's real weird feeling. It's it's really (laughs) like you walked into an orgy and you turn the lights on and you're like, oh, these are just people. (laughs) Like, like, that one doesn't have deodorant and that one's got like a hairy back. Whoa, people. Mm -hmm. But again, this is... This is theoretically the journalist's idea, but five minutes ago, the girls were doing the same thing with the actual principal of the school to get him out of there, to get revenge for all the shit they've gone through. Okay, but before we do that, (laughs) follow me (laughs) while I take over your topic. Go. Seeing the journalist drop the curtains and photograph the men in this like really overzealous manner after watching the girls not participate in the orgy is... I think the moment when they start to make you question the suaveness of the journalist, Mm -hmm. because he just like, it's so clear that in attempting to blackmail the men, he exploits the girls and he does not care. No. Like he does not care that they're not into it. He doesn't care that they basically got raped. He was just like, well, we're taking down these men. So who cares about (laughs) your body and how you feel about it? You are tools to be used. Yes. So prior to this whole orgy scene with the main character guy where he uses these girls, the girls do this themselves. They kidnap the principal of the school, say, oh my gosh, something's threatening the honor of a school. Take him to a love hotel, which in case you didn't know, was a hotel in Japan where you pay by the hour because you can't bang people at home. Because the beds rotate. Because the beds <laughs> rotate. Sorry, when the beds started moving, I was just like, oh, seasick orgy. <laughs> <laughs> and they record themselves basically having sex with the principal and the principal, again, being the creepy dude who's into high school girls. And they're into this. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to get some pleasure from this shit. The girls are shown interacting and they're kind of like high-fiving when the principal gets like super into it. And the principal is clearly the victim in quotes in the scene. Yeah. Because it's hard to... (laughs) 21st century laws about consent are very different than the (laughs) laws of consent in this film, Uh, let us say. Um, But they're definitely using the man's body for their pleasure. And if the man gets pleasure, great. But if he doesn't, they didn't care. And it was like almost like a, it was an act that brought them all together. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we're in this together. This is so fun. (laughs) We're going to ride his dick. Yay. We're going to put a cock ring on him so he can't get soft. And we're just going to do this until we get all the audio footage we need. Yep. Yep. 
And it's in like super stark contrast to the, is it the very next sex scene? Yeah. Where they're like set up as literal objects. For because these. it's the man doing it. And it's the idea that it has to be your idea for it to be sexy. If you're just being thrust into this situation, it's really fucking gross. We have to have agency. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably not, but it feels like a response to the teen sex comedies of the era where hey, if the girls are doing it and having fun and, oh, this is a harmless pervert, don't worry about it, versus, hey, this is the reality of the situation. These girls are probably not all that interested in that old guy. They're just doing it to get by. It's a takedown of the entire film industry surrounding these pink films. These girls are objects, and they're not in this to enjoy themselves. They're being paid. They're getting something out of this at a man's direction. All right, so having not seen pink films but what i'm understanding you saying is that the pinky violence is what they're called right the pinky violence is this era that i was really fascinated by i've tried to watch other pink films and they don't have the same subtext to them they don't grab me the same way it's just hey naked chicks some of them get raped and not my scene uh, the, the okay so the pinky violence films this is my very like um nascent understanding of what you're saying the pinky violence films are more violent and mm-hmm. they're more hardcore than the pink films. And the girls are treated more brutally. But the film itself gives them agency and yeah. holds the men doing this to them culpable. Yes. In a way that pink films don't. Like yes. pink films excuse the exploitation and the mistreatment as like potentially romantic or at least acceptable. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's as if the 80s teen sex comedies never ended in Japan for these pink films. I mean, they try to be artistic. There's one where this girl who gets naked every five minutes gets the finger of George W. Bush that was cloned so she can launch nuclear weapons. And it sounds really interesting on paper, but then you watch it and she's just... Fingering herself? (laughs) (laughs) She's just shuttled from nude scene to nude scene with no agency, no interaction. That's why this small era was interesting to me. This is why I went through all the trouble to track down these films after I found the genre. Anyway, continuing the plot of the film, after all this, things start to fall apart for the school. Weirdly enough, they're getting blackmailed. Shit's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, The politician who bankrolls the whole thing shows up and he's like, hey, I'm going to glad hand for a bit. I'm about to take over the Japanese government, though, so I can't be here for long. This is Hitler? This is Hitler. And like literally (laughs) Hitler. He shows up with the little toothbrush, toothbrush mustache and an armband. And, oh God, it was... This is Hitler, guys. Yep. You are Hitler for watching this and enjoying this. <laughs> I have complex feelings about that. Because, like, pro-sex and pro-what people like. But also, yes. <laughs> but no. But yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't get into that. No. Anyway, uh, Hitler shows up. These all people all have names, but I'm terrible at pronouncing them. And rather than try and mangle them, we're just going to go by character he's, descriptions. He's Hitler. He's Hitler. It's easier to follow. Yes. Uh, Hitler shows up and is treated like royalty as he goes through the halls. Hey, this is the guy who sold all his possessions to start this school for women. Isn't he so charitable? Isn't he so wonderful? And then he's ushered into a room, given the student yearbook, and picks out a girl to rape. This is horribly uncomfortable. Like, there could be an idea of some of the other scenes being sexy, but this rape scene is shot. Jesus Christ, this girl is not into this. She's straight up raped. And, like, 
Wait, how to say this like properly? Because the only phrase I can think of is like, there's a way to shoot rape sexy. But that feels real wrong. <laughs> you can shoot non-consenting consent in like a way that enables you to experience that as fantasy or something. Mm -hmm. And these films totally walk that line for most of them. Where like the girls don't want it, but like maybe they're into it. Yeah. Um, this rape scene is just straight up rape in the middle of it you're on her face as she's like upside down in the bed and she's calling for her mom and i think that's like the climax of the scene it's, yeah it's deeply uncomfortable she's begging him to stop her body language is very closed off like instead of like begging him to stop but spreading her legs because she wants it and that's like what we think yeah. is sexy she's like traumatized like you're watching her get traumatized is really terrible and then the camera cuts to a law book that she was reading from earlier with the description of rape in it yeah while she's crying while she's crying yeah it's like in case you didn't get this that this is bad that one was rape <laughs> this girl ends up killing herself and becoming the catalyst for everything coming apart we're up to two dead girls if two you're dead counting. girls yes it takes two dead girls to take down the patriarchy it it, it's an exchange rate she hangs herself in the corridor Everyone knows what fucking happened. The girls, the good guy girls, good whatever. The girl gang girls. The girl right? gang girls take yeah. her down and put her on a desk in a classroom in this weird funeral type thing. They put a cloth over her face. There's this really heavy moment where like they're just standing there saying, This is fucked up. This shit has to change. We are changing this right the fuck now. Then the disciplinary committee barges in and they're like Uh yeah, no. We're not changing a goddamn thing. We're going to take these girls hostage, and that's going to be the end of it. They do. They take the girl gang hostage. The rest of the girls are cowed, and they're saying, no, uh, fine, I guess I guess we lost. By take the girls hostage, he means we return to the sadist science lab. Yeah. Where sexy times happen as people struggle naked. With car batteries. Woo! Yeah. They, they were like, any new ideas in Vietnam? The U.S. <laughs> did this. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, we're bored with the bloodletting thing. Let's do some actual torture. And that's another underlying current through these movies that, hey, the U.S. Current. fucked us up. Yes, current. Thank you. <laughs> it's an underlying current in these movies. The U.S. fucked us up. If the U.S. isn't an actual villain, it's mentioned at least once or twice in a very negative light saying, hey, this is what you brought to us. This is what you brought to our country. That's Another thing in the genre that I found fascinating, which is turning to be a really long list. Social commentary with your porn. Yeah. <laughs> I like to learn things and get off. Yes. It does feel like it could be a porn genre. Anyway, journalist guy, proving himself to be the most useless guy in the world, comes and finds the biker girl who challenged the girl gang girl to a duel. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to save them. But if you want to, that's where they are. This is when you go from, I don't think this guy is good news, to, oh, he, he's just another man with a dick. Yeah. He's not the hero here. He's not going to save anyone. He goes and he blackmails the politician saying, hey, these are all your cronies in an orgy with high school girls. You don't want this to get out? Give me the cash. Meanwhile, the biker girl breaks into the science lab, kicks some ass, and frees the girl gang from the evil clutches of the disciplinary committee. That's when everything kicks off. 
The revolution begins. Politician guy is about to fire the vice principal, but vice principal's fiance, poor little rich girl, says, I'll clean up his mistakes and we're going to have some weird sex and everything will be fine. Weird sex, it was not clear if she was into that or not. Yeah, that was a, I mean, she gave her consent, but in a weird way. And yeah, I, I don't even know how to go through that scene. Yeah, we resumed the straddling of the rape line. Mm-hmm. Which was very uncomfortable again because it was like the same scene where we just the same like literal set location where we had just watched the rape scene. But now we're watching like a slightly older person who technically initiated this. But then like halfway through seems like she's not that into it anymore. But maybe she's into not being into it. Yeah. Like it doesn't it's really unclear because we're back to like her body language says yes, but her mouth says no. And that's another thing this film does really I don't want to say well, but it does this. It jumps between these two very similar sex scenes saying, hey, you're going to enjoy this one, but you're going to feel gross when we revisit in this one or the other way around. You're going to feel gross. Hey, remember that thing you just felt gross about? Here it is again how you like it. How do you feel now? Not good. Like I shouldn't (laughs) be eating a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Right in front of my salad. The girl gang breaks into that scene and the dude clearly feels like he's caught in an uncompromising in a compromising position yeah but the woman the poor little rich girl woman just has like this stunned sort of overstimulated expression on her face and you're really never given any insight into how she feels about what's happening to her she has zero power after she says let's do this no she's used and abused and caught up in the whole patriarchy sting when it all goes down because there is no being complicit with the enemy you're with us or against us the politician and poor little rich girl get caught in a net and this is all building up to the school's 25th anniversary celebration not a euphemism they are literally caught in a net yes (laughs) and the vice principal is trying to salvage all of this saying oh a politician was unexpectedly called away to tokyo for political things that's when the girls break in it's like fuck you no he wasn't here they are and just drop them from the fucking ceiling naked guy and girl oh uh doubling back to that sex scene uh when they catch him in the compromising position with the girl she's like okay you better pull out of her or we're taking you both with us and then we cut to them both being with him Right, the implication that they've like nodded like yeah. some bad fanfic. Or or good fanfic if that's <laughs> what you're into. Or she just clamped down, yes. <laughs> you will not escape. I don't know that that would benefit her. And that kicks off the climax of the movie. No, eh, probably a pun intended, but we're not going to get into that. Where the, every girl who is not part of the disciplinary committee fucks shit up. They take their kendo swords, they break windows, they set shit on fire, they form a barricade so the cops can't get in, and just kick the shit out of everyone there. I feel like we really glossed over the man in the net thing. Okay, go. Because to me, that was the moment where everything that you were talking about with, like, giving women agency and the subtext of the story, yada, 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 you may list your grievances if you desire. I'm going to (laughs) yada them. But it, it all comes, like, if you missed it up to that point, even though it was pretty obvious, you really can't when a bunch of girls storm a meeting and drop a naked man in a net from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Particularly when it's, like, the naked man, like, the rapist naked man who is just shown in flagrante in the way <laughs> that you like, you like your rape. You like your rape? This is what happens, motherfucker. When you like your rape, like, you like your latte. It's steamy and creamy. 
this scene, the first time I watched this movie, this was the first pinky violence movie I watched. Is this the scene that made you go, wait? Yeah. This, this is, I'm yeah. not making up the thing that I'm seeing. Yeah. This is the thing. I'm seeing that man's naked butt in a humiliating <laughs> position in a way that I did not expect. Yeah. And he's naked and he's before all this. And the girls are angry and the girls are not going to take it anymore. And they decide... Yeah, we're not going to win, but we're fighting the patriarchy now. We're going to take all this shit down and say no more here. You're going to say we're not going to take it. Yes, they no. they start blasting Twisted Sister through the hallways, through the use of it. time machine. Yeah, It's just... It's basically I, a riot. It is a riot. It's yeah. 10 minutes of full-on mayhem where the cops show up, then the army shows up, and they mm-hmm. blast fire hoses over the wall to keep the army out, and they, they throw, do lose. Yeah, They throw rocks, they barricade themselves... They flip cars, they set them on fire, which ends the journalist storyline, the blackmailer, because he did get his 50 million yen. Good job, dude. But he left it in the car that the girls were like... (laughs) They torched. Yes. He was like, wait, like he's in the middle of this riot that he kind of had a part in. And he's looking around like, yeah, I did this. I did this with my manliness. And then his his yen get burnt. Yes. He's like... "Oh." Oh, shit. I, I am a man, aren't I? I don't get a good ending here. If only I had some, <laughs> some ability to self-reflect, I might yeah. understand this. But alas, no, I cannot. Because mm-hmm. I'm a man, which means I am powerful. <laughs> yeah, and it's chaos, and it's wonderful, and it's shot in this heroic manner that makes you realize, yeah, the girls are the heroes for doing this. Then they lose, and that's the end of the movie. They lose, they're carted away. They're like, we're going to go to prison, and the girls are like, yeah, we're going to form a gang in prison, too. What the fuck now? I mean, they might arguably have more power in prison, really. Mm -hmm. And they're not expected to be wives or husbands, and that's how the movie ends, and that was... Prison is better than your society, (laughs) you rapists. And they're going to get raped in prison, too, because that's how the prison movies in the Pinky Violence universe work, but they have their riots there, too, saying, no, fuck you, this isn't okay, this isn't sexy. You made a very good point, but all I hear was, rape is not okay, and it's just like, yes. (laughs) Yes, ladies, I am anti-rape, just making that very clear. It's why I feel weird bringing this up as a topic, because I'm trying to explain feminism from a movie that comes from a very anti-feminist genre, and I'm a dude, and I'm trying... To put words around this. That's what makes it so fascinating, though, is that it's the more hardcore version of an anti-feminist genre. But it's, like you said, proto-feminism, which I think is very interesting, especially because it lacks the nuance that we have now. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you watch it, when you're just a straight-up 25th century human like me, (laughs) doesn't have the nuance. So it's almost like it's smacking you in the face. No, it's definitely the man in the net is smacking you in the face. With his bare ass, yes. Yeah, that they are giving agency to the women in this film. But because it feels like something that always strips women of agency and objectifies them and uses them for male pleasure, it's really hard to accept that when you're watching it as like a modern viewer. Mm -hmm. And it also completely lacks the nuance that we're used to, which is why it's so hard to talk about the rape scenes. There's a big conversation to be had around um, consent and rape and what it is. And like our culture has been having it for at least 10 years more at this point. And this film is like, it feels like the first person who stood up and was like, but no, it's wrong. And you're just like, whoa, we got that on tape? Yeah, holy shit. Huh, a dissenter. Interesting. (laughs) So yeah, it's a weird high watermark in the 70s for proto-feminism and that's what really brought me to the genre and had me 
digging through the darker corners of the internet to try and track down the more obscure films in the genre to see if it held up. And yeah, these themes are there throughout most of the big pictures of the time. Between the girl boss gorilla or school of the holy beast, it is all fuck the patriarchy. And honestly, weirdly beautifully shot. They took their budget, they shot their nude scenes, but then they got to have fun with the rest of their budget and it really shows and that's really interesting to me. So what you're saying is porn is where the real artistry happens. Oh, obviously, yeah. That's where the money, the money makers are the boobs. (laughs) And then once you... Women are the objects, but once you get them out of the way, you can do your man thing. Women in red handcuffs, something like that, has some actual beautiful photography in it. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you can track it down, good luck. I'll believe you and never investigate myself. Yeah, that's fair. Thank you. <laughs> I do not need to return to that visceral, pukey feeling. Yeah. It, it's, please, if you have any doubts about this, do not track it down and just take our word for it. I had Kara watch one movie so she'd know what we were talking about and have a basis for conversation on this genre. It was really interesting and I'm glad that I know it exists. Uh, and I, I'm sure I'll pull it out someday at a cocktail party but it needs to fade from the consciousness first (laughs) so yeah that is pinky violence in general it's a fascinating subgenre that's also really gross i will leave some links down in the show notes section if you want to track down some dvds fair warning it's probably a very expensive hobby if you don't want to start trawling the darker corners of the internet so this has been eric this has been carolyn and this has been we used to be the smart kids No, you're smarter. Just kidding. Our intro music is from Tim Beak. You can find him at timbeak.com. And our outro music is by One Man Symphony. And you can find them at onemansymphony.com.